Scribes Journey is supported by our patrons. Join them today at patreon.com slash scribesjourney. Hello, and welcome to Scribe's Journey, where stories begin. I am the oddball scribe, T.R. Albee, and I have the honor and privilege to interview LJ, who is the pedantic scribe. And we're doing some bonus episodes for season two. So this is just going to be kind of an off-the-cuff interview process. We have about, I don't know, what, what do you say? Like, I think there's like 40-something, 50 questions in there that we can answer. And I'm just going to pick one or two or a bunch of them, not just one yeah. or two. It's like a question and answer session, like getting to know your scribes. But how are, yeah. how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. My shoulder's a little cranky, but other than that, I'm not going to complain. It's been a good day. I'm surprised you didn't say excellent. I know. I'm trying really hard to, you know, Make my vocabulary larger, and I put that in the most eloquent way possible. <laughs> Expand my vocabulary. <laughs> All right, so do you want to jump into the questions real quick and then, um, you know, get into it? Yeah, them? let's do this. All right, sounds good. Let's start off with which author do you consider your role model? So I don't have role models, which okay. is terrible. Um I try not to necessarily aspire to become like the next one of anything. I really prefer to look at their writing and I have like role model books, I guess, instead of role model authors. There are some that I do greatly respect, like Neil Gaiman, S.A. Chakraborty. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Stephen Brust and Will Shetterly and Emma Bull. But I don't tend to look up to anyone else, uh, which has kind of always been a thing ever since I was a little kid. I don't really idolize people. So I try to learn more from the writing that they do than anything else, which really is just a any book that I pick up, I'm going to analyze the hell out of it. So if you don't have a role model for an author, then then what are the role model books that you have? I absolutely adore The City of Brass, the mm. Devabad trilogy, and the Poppy War trilogy. Uh, Neverwhere was one of my early, early favorites. That's a Neil Gaiman, um, right? It is, yes. <laughs> um, those are the big ones. And then just some of the mythologies, like the Shaname, is a big one that I go back to all the time. And then as much as I really avoided like particularly branded stories like the Star Wars novels, the Timothy Zahn Thrawn series is pretty excellent for digging into motivations of villains. So that's a really solid set to read. It is. It is an amazing series. You know, as an author, we obviously do a lot of writing, but do you have any words that are like the hardest, you have the hardest time spelling? Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. I hate that word. And um, miscellaneous. Miscellaneous, no. really? Mischievous, not miscellaneous. Well, it Bureaucracy seems like, and mischievous. It sounds like I mischievous was being something, something with the other word you just said that I forgot. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, bureaucracy and mischievous. Those are the two that are just like, they don't work in my brain, especially bureaucracy. Okay. It doesn't feel like it should start be you at all in my head like I always try to be like B-E-A you shit I've done this wrong and then <laughs> go back and yeah at that point I usually just end up going to like Merriam-Webster and just being like okay like it's B-E 
no, B U R uh, autofill. Help me out. So, in your book that you that is amazing, by the way. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> would you and your main character get along? If you've seen the movie Stranger Than Fiction and yes. how like the main character like shows up at her office and it's the like oh my god and they kind of get along, the idea that Merrick would just show up at my doorstep is terrifying because I'm pretty sure he would hold me to account for every shitty thing that happens in his life <laughs> and we would not get along because <laughs> I'm pretty confident he would just try to straight up murder me. So he would get a, he would try to murder you and you wouldn't get along because he knew that you were the author of his fate. Yes. Mm. And that is a highly offensive thing. But what if he didn't know that you were controlling his life through literary geniusness? I think that we'd be then a very dangerous pair to leave in charge of anything. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't leave you guys with a pack of matches. Oh, geez. No. (laughs) So, you know, everybody has their thing, right? If you are Superman, you have kryptonite. But what is your kryptonite as a writer? Well, my first response is the I'm not telling anyone what my kryptonite is. Why would you tell anyone that? You're giving me what your weakness. I mean, why would you do that? All right. I'm not going to tell anyone that. Um, I mean, my health is probably the greatest hindrance to being able to actually write as far as like things that maybe make my writing worse, but I dearly hold on to. You will learn about horses when you read my books. That's just not negotiable. (laughs) Um, I have definitely had uh, feedback that has been a either tell me less about the horses and everything or tell me more and just be done with it. So that uh, that is my kryptonite is that you will learn about horses, whether you want to or not. Well, because that was part of your career, right? You did a lot of that. But that's a great lead into, you know, have you ever incorporated your experience with a job and writing? And obviously with your passion with horses, that's definitely, definitely true, right? Yeah, absolutely. So before I became an author, that was my career was with training horses and teaching riding lessons and just anything and everything horsey. So when my health kind of put that to bed, it was very much a how do I incorporate this massive chunk of my life that I can't really do anymore going forward with the other thing that I love. So yeah, it was horses just became like a massive cultural aspect to these books. Yeah, I'm very excited to still have that as part of my life in some way. Well, the cultures that you're focusing on, they all have a horse focus in their culture. Unless I'm wrong, you can totally correct me. No, no, there is a a lot of influence of horses in general with the cultures that I pulled from and even the religions that I pulled from. It makes it feel a little more organic, at least for me, that I don't feel like I am shoehorning this passion of mine into it in a way that doesn't make sense. It feels more like a, hey, this is where I'm pulling from. And it made it more of a, this is what I want to do. So I have to build the world around it and make that important to everything else. Obviously, the passion of horses is there, but do you have any hobbies that you think would surprise any of your readers that you may have not disclosed to them before? Something super shocking? Um... So I think that everyone knows that I read, I write, I game, and I adore horses. Probably the most shocking is the fact that I also have, like, grandma hobbies. I 
am using the blanket that I crocheted right now. I cross-stitch. I have many grandma hobbies. I can't watch a TV show without like knitting or crocheting or doing something in addition to watching TV. I didn't know you knitted. That's pretty cool. How long have you been knitting for? A couple of years. I'm not very good at it compared to crocheting. I've been doing that a lot longer and I'm more comfortable with it. But I just I really enjoy being able to do that. I also do tatting which is like lace and it's um there's these little tatting shuttles and it makes this really satisfying clicking sound while you're working on the lace when you were a kid what was your dream job was it always writing no i never thought that i would have a career in writing i always thought it was going to be horses because i grew up middle class poor ish like as a kid i had an understanding that like pets were expensive and horses were expensive So in my like little kid brain, I figured the only way I was ever going to be able to own a horse or a dog was if I made that my career. So as a little kid growing up in Canada, for the longest time, I thought that the only thing I could do with my life is become an RCMP officer because then I could have a pony and a dog. What's an RCMP? Because somehow in my brain, it conflated that all RCMP officers both got to have horses and a German Shepherd. I just figured out what RCMP officer is. If, if no one else knows what it is, go ahead. I'll let you tell them what that is. <laughs> it's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So they're kind of like the FBI, but Canadian. And they've been around a lot longer. That was what I, I kind of figured I would have to do as a kid. And then I, I realized that you didn't have to go law enforcement route, which we're all very glad about. And so then it was the horse trainer route. I wanted to be a horse trainer. I wanted to own a, a boarding facility. I wanted to do all of those things. And that was always the childhood dream. I was very focused on that. So would you rather be in a room full of snakes or a room full of spiders? I love snakes. Love snakes? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But the question really is a matter of like how full is full and how big are everything? Ooh, okay, let's go. And what kinds of things? Because, like, if you're telling me that I am in a room full of well-fed anacondas, I'm thrilled. Like, I'm just going to hang out, and I'm really happy. But if you're telling me that I'm in a room full of really, really hungry, like, spitting cobras, one, I'm blind, and two, I'm dead. Like, it's just not, it's not going to end well. And in that case, I'd rather be in the room full of spiders, because, like, spiders don't, don't care about people. We're not, like prey animal and we're not really like a predator that they recognize we're just kind of those stumbling giant oafs so other than just like on them right yeah like other than just kind of being creepy looking like they're pretty harmless generally speaking and i'd rather be in a room full of large spiders like the like the huntsmen's from australia or like tarantulas and whatnot because easier to spot and they become they're big and fuzzy like they become more and more like little dogs than like Creepy sit, things. sit, creepy spiders, sit. Yeah. Here, here's a treat. Exactly. A moth for you. Dang. Now I want to see whether or not it is actually possible to train a tarantula. You know, I mean, you got to think about it. They do use them in movies. So all I can think of is what is arachnophobia, right? With like the yeah. giant spiders. I mean, they had to direct them somehow. So Yeah. You could, you would spend, I'm gonna have to look into this now. I'm really curious. You would spend the entire time just training the spiders, then. Yes, absolutely. And then I'd have this little army of spiders when we go out of the room to punish whoever put me in the room in the first place. All right, so a more serious question. This is a common question when you get an interview, but where do you see yourself in the next five years? 
hopefully with at least two more books out. <laughs> Since I have one, um, I just finished writing the second one. So that one should be out uh, within five years. Hopefully the third book will be out within five years. That's kind of the the extent of it. I, I see my company hopefully kind of going off a little bit more, maybe have a game published. Probably not, but maybe something small published in that time too. A board game um, or a like video game? A little video game. A little bit. We're considering game. doing things like maybe like a, a game jam sponsored by the company or something like that. We're also considering doing like writing competitions sponsored oh, by the company. Very cool. Yeah. Hopefully maybe we'll have had one or two of those by then. That's kind of what I'm I'm seeing as far as like a business side, personal side of things. I have no idea. Life kind of happens and I don't worry too much about those big plans. It's got to go with the flow, right? I mean, if you if otherwise it drives you mad sometimes. Absolutely. It, I have so many things that I stress out about anyways because I am way too type A for my own good that if I tried to control things like way down the line, I would just have a mental break. It would not be good. So you said within the next five years, you would ha want to have at least a second and third book out, but... In the back of your computer vault or in your office somewhere on pads of paper, how many unfinished or half-finished books or stories do you actually have lying around? I am an incredibly focused writer. I okay. don't have any. Oh. Yeah. I tend to really focus on one subject at a time, and I love the world that I've built, and I love the characters that I've built, so I really just want to spend my time with them. I have like scenes and moments that kind of live in my head that I can't wait to get down on paper, but I also try not to write anything down until I'm ready for it, partly to help prevent issues like writer's block, where if I already wrote down the really fun things, then it makes it harder to want to get to them through some of the less fun things because we all have those parts in our books that we as the writer don't find as fun which pro tip your readers can tell when those moments happen so you really need to work on making those more interesting and fun and one of the ways that I try to do that is to keep the motivation up by having the really fun things still to work on once I'm done through the less fun things so yeah I don't I don't tend to have any other additional projects I mean, you said something, and we I know uh, about writer's block, and I know we talked about it in a previous episode, which if you haven't listened uh, to that episode, you should go back and listen to it. But do you believe in writer's block? I think that my answer to that is perpetually changing. Like, okay. I do and I don't. I think that when it comes to new writers, like, you have to just sit down and write. Because if you wait for motivation, it's never going to come. Like, you have to just sit down and you have to do it. So you can't let writer's block be a thing. You have to figure out a way around it in one way or another, whether that's figure out a new writing prompt to start working with, whether it's to outline the scene better, something to make it not a thing. So I think that there are struggles, but that if you're encountering those kinds of struggles, it means you need to go back to your outline or you need to go back to your character design and figure out why that's happening. Because most of the time when I encounter like writer's block, it's because I'm trying to shoehorn a character into doing something that doesn't come organically to them and doesn't make sense for them to do it that way. So then it's a matter of, okay, I need to approach the scenario in a different way or figure out how I can maybe add a different character into this scene so that they can kind of instigate whatever I need to have happen. Push the story along when it, when it needs, right? You know, exactly. So, yeah. So is there a genre that... You, 
that you're really hesitant to jump into? I am terrified of romance and erotica. Okay. <laughs> Let's be real. I, I am not comfortable with writing sex scenes like I think many authors are uncomfortable with. So, like, if you just told me, okay, cool, um, you'll make more money if you can just, like, pump out erotica books, which generally is true. Which is also I very surprising. Be, yeah. I would just kind of be sitting here paralyzed of the, like, oh, my God, I don't want to be featured on those bad sex writing lists that are horrifying and terrifying. Also, though, if you are worried about writing terrible sex scenes, you should read those because I promise you, you are not as bad as those ones. And those have all been published. Oh, my God. I didn't know there was a, like, horrible erotica. There's an award list every year of, like, 10 or 20 of, like, the worst sex scenes. And it makes me feel much better about any sex scenes that I have written because I no longer feel quite so bad at it. But that is one of the things that I get very concerned and uncomfortable writing often. So I would really hesitate to jump into romance or uh, the erotica genres. Just because, yeah, I I would struggle so much with writing that that I think it would show through the characters and make it a lot less of an enjoyable read. So if you could invite any three people to dinner, whom would you invite to the dinner table? And more importantly, what would you serve? Oh, I don't cook. I don't know. (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, you could choose a Uh, type of meal or, or, I mean, maybe it depends on your guests. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So first off, I would have Rob, my husband, sort out the meal um, okay. because he is an excellent cook and he's really good at planning those things. Right. Um. So I would just do the here, honey, you get to sort this out as far as dinner guests. Uh, I'm going to go with people that are alive presently because that at least okay. feels like there's a remote chance of maybe that ever happening. I would, I'm not allowed to not say Neil Gaiman uh, because one of my friends is I, I have a friend who knows him. And one of my other friends is doing the I have to try and get him to come over for uh, Boxing Day potluck sometime, some year. Oh, wow. That would be fun. Um, so if he ever hears this podcast, like, dude. Neil, you have an open invite. It's got, Check it's got that to happen. Out. Yeah. It's got to happen. You Please got an come. open invite. Um, so I feel like he has to be one of those people on, at the at the table. Probably S.A. Chakraborty because of the fact that I do absolutely adore her writing. And one more person. Oh, that that is hard. Very challenging question. I'm really not sure who to okay. round that out with. It would There's be a like, very interesting, interesting crew there, right? So yeah, I think the problem is that bringing it down to only three people—that's that's why it's a difficult question. Yeah, because the last person, like, I haven't seen my parents in a very long time, so there's like part of me that'd be like, I would like want to just have them, and they would also enjoy having these conversations. But there's two of them. Um, and I'm not making the decision between which one. Um, oh. So they're they're out. Mom they're and dad, out. don't listen. Don't yeah. listen to this. <laughs> Sorry, you can't come with the famous authors. You can't come and hang out because we can't choose. Well, they between. can't it's because fine. I'm only like three people, and it would yeah. have to be both of them. Right. So that that is why. Oh yeah, that is that is too challenging. I okay. don't have a third. I can't have a third. Okay. Well, then let me ask. Yeah. Let me throw this in there. Right. You have Rob handling the the uh, the dinner. Yeah. If you when your guests get there. What board game would you play with them? Oh, probably Betrayal at the House at Haunted Hill. I think that's what it's oh, called. Probably mm. that one. Okay. Because that I think would be a lot of fun. Usually because I always set off the haunt or I almost always set off the haunt. And oh. I I feel like I would be competing with uh, with Mr. Gaiman for who actually sets off the haunt. 
But yeah, I think that would have to be it. So thanks for sitting down and uh, chatting with us and answering these questions for this bonus episode. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we sign off for this episode? Yeah, I loved getting the chance to do this, and those questions were fantastic. And I guess with that said, from all three of us, including Travis, who isn't here currently, thank you for joining us for this episode. Now go sharpen your quill and get back to writing. This episode of Scribe's Journey has been presented by Wax Seal Productions Incorporated and remixed by T.R. Elder.